we kind of did an introduction to our our series that we're going to go through and it is knowing Jesus and uh, it's the in my time this morning just praying I was I was asking God how to present this in a way that uh, isn't isn't too cutting Uh, I'm not here to to beat anyone over the head with scripture I'm not not here to you know call people out <laughs> but to to call us in because i i think jesus desires for his church to know him not just to know about him and and there's clear scriptural warning for that 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 there will be people that stand before him in judgment and they'll say didn't we do all these great things in your name and he's going to say depart from me because I never knew you and it's one thing to know about Jesus but to to intimately know him I think we have to to know who he is and then to begin to let the best parts of who he is live itself out in our life because you won't really understand a person and and they're the the, the old saying of you don't know a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And, and there's a, a funny joke that goes along with that now. If you're going to walk a mile in somebody's shoes, you know, <clears throat> it, it'd be better to run that mile because then you're a mile away from them and you've stolen their shoes and their bare feet and they probably won't catch up. But <clears throat> uh, I'll try not to chase rabbits this morning. I make no promise because it's... Uh, it's been a booger of a cold this week. so. Uh, <clears throat> but we're going to look at Jesus and, and knowing who He is. And, and I want you to understand that, that these aspects of who Jesus is is who we're called to be. And, and like I said last week, a lot of this is going to feel like it's aimed at men, and that's okay. Women, you can, you can jump on board with this too. But as men... In your own family, you're called to represent Christ to your family. And to do that, you have to be who Jesus was. He was a prophet, he was a priest, a king, and a warrior. And the one aspect of his character you don't get to be because he hasn't been that yet is judge. There's a fifth part of it, and we may hit on it, we may not, but I want you to understand that when Jesus comes again, He will come as a judge. And, and what you've done with who He is, is what you'll be judged by. Did you really know Him, or did you just know about Him? Because, you know, I, I know a lot about, and I'll just talk to the guys I grew up with, I know a lot about Scott and Jeff. I know a lot about them. I grew up with them. But until I spend time with them, I didn't know them. And you know, it's a it's the same thing, you know, I when I got married to Denise, I knew a lot about her. I'll tell you the and this is honesty coming from your pastor this morning I probably didn't really know her until we were married for about five years because you know you 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 marry this beautiful young woman 
and it takes you about five years to, to figure out you don't know anything about this beautiful young woman because you're, you're still messing it up five years in. I'm almost 20 years in now, and I'm still learning more about her because that's the way relationship works. And, and if you think you can read one or two passages of Scripture and really know who Jesus is, you missed it. Because you're, you're called to intimately know Him, and that means spending time, not only in His Word, but spending time just in prayer and, and, and quiet reflection, letting Him teach you who He is. Letting His character begin to express itself through you and your interactions with the people in your life. And, and the first of these, of knowing Jesus, is knowing knowing Jesus working through you as prophet. And there, there's going to be people that instantly get tensed up and nervous because we've got the wrong idea of what a prophet is. And a lot of people just see prophet and they think, oh great, fortune teller. That, that's not it at all. And, and the, the basis for this whole series is, is coming out of Jeremiah chapter 6. And I don't have any of these bookmarks, so you're going to have to bear with me as I flip through pages. Praise the Lord for good Sunday school teachers back in the day that made me memorize the books of the Bible. <clears throat> I can find my way pretty quickly, even without my bookmarks. But Jeremiah 6, verse 16 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path, and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> the, the King James says, look to the ways of old. And, and I think if our world would just stop for a moment on the, the fast track that it's on, and, and stop and look for the way that God put out for us. And if you remember the teachings of Jesus, it said broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way to everlasting life, and few be who find it. I want you to understand, if you want the character of Jesus reflecting in your life, in the life of your family, you're going to have to stop, and you're going to have to look back into what God's Word says, the old way. The narrow path is in this book. It's not in anything you're going to find in the world. It's completely countercultural to the Burger King society we live in. It's not going to be your way. It's not going to be right away. But in the end, it'll be worth it. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Okay, we're... We're, we're beginning in this series a, a journey not backwards but forwards into where God wants us to go. And, and to do that, we have to begin allowing God to use His Word through us prophetically in our home. And, and I promise I'm going to let you in on the secret of what a prophet is. And the first time we hear about it, 
is coming up. But the, the other scripture that this whole series is based on is Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Men of our church, if you're not making that the declaration in your home, you're missing it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what society around me is doing. It doesn't matter what the latest, greatest fad is. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What is a prophet? I can remember... <clears throat> I've been in church services where, where people have stood up and said, I have a prophetic word, and it always began with, thus saith the Lord. And then a lot of times they would try and speaketh, and the King Jameseth, Englisheth, untileth, I couldn't understandeth a wordeth they were sayingeth. If you want to have a good time, thou shouldest go to thine steakhouse and ordereth in King Jameseth. Deareth waitress, saith, I would liketh thine, steaketh, cooketh, medium rareth, with the potato baketh, and the side saladeth. Thus saith the person at the table. And, and, and I thought for so long that, you know, and, and I grew up this way and in this mode of thinking, I had to be broken out of it. I grew up thinking that God only heard your prayers if you prayed in King James as well. Because my mom to this day prays in King James. I, I love hearing my mom pray. But she, you know, she opens her prayer very King James sounding and it's like, that's just a thing of beauty and I'll always love that about my mom. But if I prayed that way, it would, it would almost choke me to get the words out. Because... That, that's not where I'm at in my relationship with God. Where, where God speaks to me plainly and I speak to Him plainly but with humility because He is the Almighty. But He doesn't need me to speak in the King's English. Praise the Lord because, man, I butcher it. But what is a prophet? And, and I, I began to look at this and... and and I'm telling you, I'm right there in the pew with you this morning because this message hit me hard as I was preparing for it this morning. And, and a, a prophet is simply an interpreter. If you go back to uh, Exodus, or yes, Exodus. My brain is fighting me this morning if you go back to exodus when god told moses that he would go to pharaoh and in the account it actually says i will make you a god in the eyes of pharaoh and your brother aaron will be your prophet and and you go and you look and, and i'm like why why does moses and, and and there's a whole cultural thing i can take you through there but that's the first time prophet is spoken in the bible and, and you go look it up in, in the Hebrew and it means the interpreter. He will be the interpreter. Now, now looking at that in our lives, why did God send Jesus as a man to teach about the Father? Because we needed an interpreter. We'd had the law for thousands of years. 
And all the law did was bind us more and more and more because we didn't have an interpreter to come and tell us, no, this is really, the law was just meant to point you to the love of the Father. It wasn't meant to be all the stuff you've made it where you can make yourself better and you can't make yourself better. Only God can do that. And, and Jesus came as an interpreter. And, and men and, and women of God, we're called in our home to speak God's Word as His interpreter to our family. We're called to, to speak the Word of God into our family as the in, interpreter for the Almighty in your home. Being a prophet to your home is as simple as speaking God's Word to them. The, the beautiful thing about prophecy is, is true prophetic Word is God's Word. God's Word was prophetically given to each of the authors through the Holy Spirit and it still speaks to us today. It's the only godly inspired word that's out there. There's people that are going to try and tell you how godly inspired the U.S. Constitution was. I think God ordained our Constitution, but the Constitution itself will not make you holy. The Constitution itself will not save you. And people are starting to blur the lines of patriotism and righteousness, and that's, that's way off base. And you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you value your freedom as an American more than the actual freedom you have in Christ, and you can't separate the two, you missed it. Because the majority of the New Testament was written from a prison cell. The word that speaks of freedom, the most freeing word of, of all time was written in prison. And we want to tie it to our patriotism, which God will put up who He wants up. He'll take down who He wants down. And, and God will lead you in paths of righteousness, and that always isn't the path of your nation. The, the Bible historically goes forth. The Gospel goes forth in power and influence under persecution not under comfortable freedom. You can take that freebie for what it's worth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 reference prophecy as a gift. Okay, In chapter 12, it's talking about the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is prophecy or being able to speak a prophetic word. <clears throat> In chapter 13, uh, a chapter we're more familiar with, the, the prophetic again comes up as a gift, but it comes with the warning label. If, if I speak in all manners of prophecy, but have not love. You know, what, what a powerful, powerful thing I want you to see this morning, children of God, as we, as we look to allow Jesus to work prophetically in our home, you cannot just use the Word of God as one giant whooping stick. When you speak the Word of God into your home, it has to be spoken in love. If you're doing it, well, pastor said i got to do this. Don't be shocked when it's not super effective. 
But when your children come to you and they say, you know, mom, dad, I need some advice. Do you, do you go back to what you've always been taught or do you go to the Word of God? You know, I'll, I'll just tell you, I, <clears throat> my kids aren't always going to like what I have to say about the Word of God, especially my sons. Because no, no young, heart lovesick boy wants to hear that God put a specific order in Genesis. God gave Adam a job, then He gave him a woman. That's the stone cold truth. And, you know, puppy dog sick boys don't want to hear that. Because you're telling me, I gotta, yeah, I'm telling you that. Any boy that wants to date my daughters, guess what, son? There's an order to things. God said, you got to have a job. Then I'll give you a woman. That's pretty simple. And I'm the gatekeeper. and My daughters know that. We don't date losers, right, Jovi? There we go. <laughs> they won't come talk to dad. They're not man enough to talk to dad. They're a loser. And, and if you come into my house, I want you to understand it is my God-given role. If you come into my house as my guest, I'm there to show you the love of God and I'm going to speak the Word of God into your life by how I live. Because when you come into my house, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And that means you step through my door. It's an open invitation because you came in that I'm probably going to share the Word of God with you in some way, shape, or form. Probably going to share some food with you because, I mean, what did, what did Melchizedek bring if you were in Sunday school? He brought food, okay? <clears throat> and, and it's really interesting, if, if you want the parallel there, Sunday school people, you might have seen it, you might not have. <clears throat> what did Jesus offer at the Last Supper? Bread and wine, just like Melchizedek. That's a freebie too, okay. Uh, <clears throat> But if I speak that word and I don't have love behind it, and to, to sum up Corinthians chapter 13, without love, any action that you claim to do for the Lord is meaningless. It must be done in love. Now, how do we do that? How, how, do, you, how do you take the the prophetic the word of god how do you take it and begin to incorporate it into your into your family well th this was something that that god spoke to me on the way here just start small no one's asking any man in the room to be a theologian we're not asking you to be able to to read the hebrew and the greek we're asking you to just take a small part of Scripture, read it with your family, and tell them what it made you think about. And right there, I've probably given away the secret to what I do on Sunday mornings. Because I take and I read the Word of God and I simply share with you what God made me think about while I read it. It's... It's been said many times by other much smarter guys than me that, that each man is called to pastor his own home. 
to to be the shepherd of his household. And the if you go back to what the psalmist said about a shepherd, the the shepherd leads. And you if you pay attention to that, he leads, he makes there's some beautiful imagery in the 23rd Psalm that that it, I it not only shows us who God is, but it shows us as men who God's calling us to be. He's calling us to lead our families in paths of righteousness. He's calling us to make them lie down in places full of nourishment and substance. And we're going to come back to that over and over again because as we look at these different aspects of who Jesus is and who He's called us to mirror in our lives, it will repeatedly bring us back to that image. And, you know, what, what impact will just a small bit of Scripture every day read by the man of the house do to a family? The, the thing is, is if uh, an author I read this week described it, if, if the man of the house is not leading, it, it creates a spiritual draft in the house where, where there's just this coldness going through the family that no one can explain. But if a man is, is sharing the Word of God and leading in his family, it, it produces a, a furnace effect throughout the house that even the, the rowdiest kid in the house who adamantly tries to reject it will still feel the warmth of the love of God coming through his father. I can tell you I didn't grow up in a house where dad read the Word of God to us more than a handful of times my whole lifetime. That, that's, that's not judgmental. That's the reality of the world we live in has catered to pulling men out of their God-given roles and making them feel like they meet the standard by what they do beyond the walls of the house. That we, we find our identity and our fulfillment in our job or in our titles outside the house rather than fulfilling our God-given roles in it. The, the Word of God, the prophetic Word of God, we're, we're called to as men to wash our brides in the Word of God because that's what Jesus does to the church. He washed her in the Word. If you go back and, and pay attention to what He says to His disciples, you've been made clean through the Word I have spoken to you. If you're going to represent Jesus in your home, men, you have to begin to share the Word of God in your house. And it doesn't have to be a 10-minute sermon. Sometimes it's something as simple as opening the Word of God to a scripture and reading it and saying, you know, this reminds me every day that my strength is not my own. 
you know, we, we like to quote that. A lot of people like to quote that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, we'll put it into context and read the whole thing there. And, and you can tell your family something even better than making it a superhero scripture is Paul wrote that in the middle of a passage where he's talking about going through trials and, and tribulation and, and knowing what it's like to be without and, and hard times and struggle. And in the midst of all that, he writes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He, he wasn't talking about you know, becoming a better jump shooter. He was talking about on the worst days of my life, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When we look at the Word of God and, and we begin to speak it into the lives of our family, we're, we're fulfilling Scripture. And it may be, you know, I'm, I'm never trying to exclude women from the conversation here, but if the man of your house is not being the spiritual leader, then yes, take the reins. Because your children need the Word of God spoken into their life. Men, if, if you're a man of God, you have no excuse. And, and I don't care how strong-minded and strong-willed your woman is. If, if you say, hey, honey, can I read the Word of God to the kids? I, 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 I've never ran into a circumstance where a woman said, no, that's my job. Just like if you say, hey, babe, can I do the dishes? She won't say, no, that's my job. She may tell you you did it wrong, but she'll let you do it. Vacuum the rug. Do some of the work around the house. Actually do some of that honeydew list. You know, I'm stepping on toes now. I got to quit doing that. I can, I can tell us to preach the word of God, and that doesn't offend us as much as actually work on that list our wife has for us. Because, man, my list just keeps going. The problem is all these freeloaders keep trying to tack onto her list. You know, they're all like, yeah, you know, what about this? What about this? I actually get more of their list done than hers at Tom's, but shame on me. Uh, <clears throat> but the, the challenge this week is to try it for one week, man. Ladies, encourage. Don't, don't nag. Encourage. Say, hey, babe, I figured it out. What if when we all sit down to a meal? Even if it means you open the Bible on your phone, that's okay too. It's God's Word. It doesn't matter if it's got paper or not. Hey, hey, hey babe, why don't you just share the verse of the day today and tell us what you think it means. And watch. Watch as your household begins to transform. The, the problem is, we, we think a lot of times, you know, like we talked about last week, making that one little small change, we're going to see some big result automatically. And, and that's not how it works at all because God's Word is referenced as seed. And last I checked, we, we haven't come up with a variety of wheat that... We plant it out there, and five days later, we're harvesting. If, if we can develop that, 
wheat prices will go even lower. No, we're not going to do it. Okay. Now, uh, uh, a cow that you know would mature to being ready to cut into steaks in in 20 days wouldn't that be an amazing animal? You know, I would get more steak. That thou couldst cooketh medium welleth. <clears throat> but what about making that small change? Because until you until you become the prophet in your household, you won't be ready for the next characteristic, and they all tie together. You cannot actively do them without each other, and it's almost a shame that I, I broke it up into four parts instead of just preach one three-hour sermon, which could have done. I mean, back in the old days, they did it, but... Uh, Because next week we're going to talk about being the priest in your house. And, and they're two different things. And, and, and I want you to understand that as a pastor, uh, a lot of times my role is, is prophet, but it, it is also at times priest too. And, and a lot of the priestly things are things you don't get to see. And, and the priestly things that you will do in your household and in your own life are not necessarily open to everyone else, okay? You're going to have to go back and spend a little time looking in the Old Testament to see the duties of the priest were not always a public display. More often than not, they were done in secret. They were done behind a curtain and, and hidden away from what everyone else sees. And... And next week it will, as we begin to look at Jesus as priest and, and Jesus in us as a priest to our families, uh, it, it will transform some of the way that, that we approach uh, very specifically our time in prayer. And, and that's the beauty of God's Word is it's always challenging us to grow to grow and to become more than what, what we are now. And, and we just keep expanding in our knowledge of who Jesus is and our ability to just get out of the way and let Him be who He is through us. The, the ultimate goal uh, of Christianity is so that when people look at you, they see Christ. Not not who you were or, or what you were before Him or even how great a person He's made you, but they look at you and they think, man, that's Jesus right there. That's Jesus. The, the way that He talks to people, that's Jesus. The way that he, he reaches out and meets needs, that's Jesus. The way He responds in tragedy and, tri and trial and struggle and stress, that's Jesus. And I can tell you, I'm not there. I'm way far from it. But the goal is not an ending destination. You know, if the goal was heaven, we're already there. Accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm already there. The, the purpose of this life is to know Jesus and to make Him known. 
and all the other stuff is just stuff. And it's it's very, very short. Kind of like the sermon today. It's very, very short. And we're, we're getting spoiled by... <clears throat> either it's short or cutting out children's time makes it feel short because I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking, there's no way. And then I look at the timer on on my slideshow and sure enough, that's all the longer it's been. But the beautiful thing about God's Word is it's that way too. It's quick. It's powerful. And this morning, in your home, be Jesus. Be the prophet. And I'm so very excited for next week to, to tell you how to be the priest. And then week three is going to be a whole lot of fun. Because, uh, well, maybe more fun for, for men uh, in a way because it's a manly term, but be the king in your household. And in week four, just be the warrior. So... Heavenly Father, as we go our separate ways this morning, Lord, help us to over and over and over again in our lives to place the value in Your Word that it deserves. Lord, the, the reality that we, we struggle with so many times is that, that Your Word is our daily bread. And Lord, you're the only one who can, can give it to us, but we have to be willing to partake of it. We have to be willing to open it up and to, to let you open our eyes to the truth of your word. And Lord, as, as we go throughout our week, I pray that you would help us to, to take ownership of, of what you've challenged us to this morning, Lord, and that we would we would begin speaking your word lord in our in our homes but but god the the first step to that honestly is that we have to speak your word into our own life lord and and let you through the power of your holy spirit continue to open your word to us and and to to wash us in your word and to grow us in your word lord to to let your word continue to do its its powerful work of bringing forth fruit in our life. Lord, the, the fruit of the Spirit is bound into your Word. Lord, it's the only way we can know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. Lord, thank you for your Word. God, I just pray that you would put it on the, the heart of every man, woman, and child here to grow deeper in you through your word. And Lord, those that are joining us online and, and catching the playback, we just pray, God, that if they don't know you, that they would reach out and let us make that introduction. Lord, that they could know you, Jesus, first and foremost as their Savior that they would know you died on the cross for their sins and you rose from the grave on the third day.
so that we could spend eternity with you and your Father in heaven. Lord, we ask that you go with us throughout our week, continue to be with the requests that we've made. Lord, touch and heal sick bodies and, and continue just to guide us until we're all together again. In Jesus' name, amen.